Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of the GH Report, Maxi gives birth, Heinrich Faison stands revealed, but we all know what we're really here for, and that's to break down every excruciating minute of the 2018 Nurses Ball. Let's do it! You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! There you go. Look at that. We're back, everybody. Hey. You wanted Carla back. You didn't want me back, but it's a package deal. (laughs) Sorry, folks. (laughs) Welcome to the GH Report. We're bringing down all the latest shenanigans that are in Port Charles. I'm one and certainly the less less, uh, talented and beautiful host, Frank Moran. Wow. And I'm Carla Renata. How you doing? There you go. Uh, And as always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And while you're there, why don't you hop in our live chat? Carla's got it up and running right here on this futuristic keyboard. And I pad. do have it up and running, and I hear, I see y'all clowning, Frank. It's hilarious. Clown away! Come at me, bro. That's right. All right. So, I do we do we save it? Do we do we to the end of the nurses ball? Do we just jump? We right just jump into right it? in, dude, because right. it was like five days That's of nurses true. ball. We got to hit it. So, of course, my favorite time of the year. The, the nurse's ball, the most ridiculous event that happens on General Hospital. It is, I, for those who watch it for several years know how my feelings on it. It is a ridiculous premise for the show that I anybody cares it. that they televise this show where there's maybe, you know, I, I've said before 35 people. I kind of counted again the, uh, the main uh, ballroom where everybody's sitting. Mm-hmm. I might bump that up to like 45 people, but still, 45 people. If you're thinking about the Oscars, you're thinking about the uh, the Golden Globes, thinking about the Emmys, it's much more, uh, much more well known, and much more <laughs> people there in that auditorium watching those events. And you televise that because we all know who these people are, and we care about them. We care what they're doing. We care about what's happening in their life. We want to get that salacious gossip. We want to see what they're wearing. This right now, a little small community there on the east coast of uh, the United States, Port Charles. We've got, you know, a handful of people that you, you might know from if you're uh, in the business community. You might know these CEOs <laughs> that happen to make Port Charles their home. But otherwise, it is a bunch of local yokels that work at the hospital that nobody knows who the heck they are. And yet they televise this and make every person's arrival uh, seem like the, the biggest event of the year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you get that rant out of your system. That's out. Let's I'm go. Gonna, I'm going to let you get it out of your system because you know what? I rather enjoy, I always like the nurses ball because it's just shenanigans, good or bad. But this year actually wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. The performances, the performances actually were better than they have been in the past. I will say in the past, the performances, performances, excuse me, have been a little want, want. But this year, they were actually kind of good. Well, all right, Carla, I'm going to just say this right now. When you're already uh, saying your compliments by saying, not that bad, (laughs) kind of good. Uh, not you're damning it with faint praise. No, no, no. I, I'm saying when I say kind of good, I mean I'll just use one. I'll use one, two performances as an example. So the first one I'm going to use as an example is the one with Mike, where you know Aunt Stella's looking for him and she's panicking because he supposedly has disappeared and then he shows up on the stage, which often happens at the nurses' ball. People kind of disappear and folk are looking for him and they show up on stage, which kind of cracks me up. But Mike shows up on stage, <clears throat> he starts singing this song, and then his memory starts to go. But what I loved about that performance is that they showed it from his perspective, what was happening in his mind, and they showed it from the audience's perspective of what was actually what they were actually watching him do. I thought that was brilliant how they cut back and forth between him being with that bandstand and literally just being on that stage by himself. But then what made me break into tears and made me kind of like, t- I know you're, you're gagging already, I can yes. tell. <clears throat> When Sonny got up and helped him through that moment, because Sonny's a hothead. Sonny, Sonny doesn't particularly like the fact that people know his dad has Alzheimer's. It's, 
to some extent is even though he's empathetic about it, it's somewhat embarrassing for him. It is. He's like the godfather of poor Charles. So that's embarrassing for him. But the fact that he got up to help his dad through that difficult moment, instead of getting angry and leaving the ball or yelling at him or taking some other course of action that would have been rash and unkind, he got on stage with his dad and helped his dad through that moment. And that was heartwarming to me. You always have a moment like that at the nurse's ball. It's usually at the end but I liked the fact that they had that moment. And the other moment that I liked was <laughs> in true Ava fashion, she puts on that white suit from like the first wives club and sings, you don't own me, which was not the song she rehearsed as they have said numerous times on the show. And she got them diamonds dripping around her neck and is just living her best life. That was pure comedy to me. It wasn't so much that it was good, but that doll was letting us have it. And she did it. She She's not a singer. You, you can obviously tell she can't sing. But she was giving it to you full throttle Broadway style. And I loved it. That was that performance was ridiculous. <laughs> and I will tell you why. It's because, all right, so Ava sees, uh, you know, again, happens to have that nice convenient walk by where we get to see uh, Griffin and Kiki, you know, caught in an embrace while he's covering Again. her. And, uh, as always. That's always the right. <laughs> and then she always walks in and goes, ah! So she changes her uh, song, comes out with this one. What I like is that within, I would say literally like three minutes from when she sees that hug, she's out on stage doing her thing, that she has told everybody in, in the band, all right, change this to this song. All the choreographers, we've worked for, I don't know, we'll say maybe a week, maybe two weeks generously. Uh, you know, a couple hours at a time on this performance for the choreography. Now, <laughs> guess what, guys? I'm throwing this all out the window, and you guys better get it together with this choreography. Come on. But now. but but it makes sense that they were kind of aimlessly kind of <laughs> falling around at her feet. That actually makes sense because when you go back and you look at it, because I watched that a couple of times. I was like, because I had actually I had the same thought process. And I was like, let me go back and watch this. I went back and watched it a couple of times. And the guys are kind of like, like what they're doing around her is not choreographed. What she's doing is not choreographed. Like the one time she does a little bump and grind and the one time she does a little hand, hand action and another time she hits somebody with her hand in the face. I'm like, it was just, it was pure comedy to me. I kind of loved it. Well, let's jump back to the beginning of the Nurses Ball. And I, I certainly know this is going on for like the past two weeks, but yeah, the Nurses Ball is such a big event. It warrants right. that coverage since we weren't here last week. <laughs> but we have, uh, as always, uh, they find somebody to host the, the Nurses Ball for the red carpet arrivals part. And uh, it used to be... Uh, uh, Wasn't it George Pinocchio from well, ABC? He pops in occasionally. He just pops in for a hot second. <laughs> but usually the host has been... Uh, it was the guy that was uh, dating uh, the nurse, Felix, his boyfriend. He's usually the one that was doing the oh, interview Oh, reporting. right. Yes. So, uh, But they uh, then last year they had Nina helping out as well for the awkwardness. But this year they, they scratched had, They that. had Nina helping it this year, too. Yes. But yeah. So this year, though, they scratch uh, Felix's boyfriend, and they have one of the, uh, the Bachelor <laughs> alums, Nick Vial, host that, uh, along with Nina. So what I like about that is right out of the gate, uh, the man does not practice uh, what is the first tenement of when you're hosting something is you never give away your mic to anybody else. Because no, because you, no you never idea. get it back. You never get it back, but you have no <laughs> idea what this person is going to be saying. This exactly. is essentially a live, uh, this is being live broadcast. Live broadcast, yes. Yeah. So uh, thumbs down to that guy uh, that he's not <laughs> reprimanded harshly on that. Yank him out of there. And then we get this really awkward thing like with with, uh, with Franco. Like what was that where he wants to do this really weird over the top thing where like where is this coming from Franco? I don't understand this at all. I was like I glazed over that moment. <laughs> just, I, was, I glazed out on that one because yeah. I was just like I can't. Uh, and then this shows you the the small townness of it. But it's so crazy because one they want to think it's a big huge bossy event. But Nina is upstairs in the Metro Court. Uh, there's no PA running around uh, on a headset saying, where's Nina? She shows up late to this thing. It's television, Frank, and a soap opera to boot. Of course it's going to be ridiculous. No, nope. That's what makes it fun. That's no, terrible. That's what terrible. makes it fun. i tell you something else that made it fun <clears throat> was that moment. <laughs> so we, we have clearly been dogging out Julian and Alexis here at the GH Report. You and I both, at some point or another, have said, done with her, with the glances, we're just over it. So it it goes to prove that, yet again, they have another awkward moment at the nurse's ball, as do Anna and Finn. When he says to her, I know you're dying, I was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And then, he, and then it serves, and then, 
the absurdity of it is is um Alexis standing in the background overhearing this whole conversation in the clothes. The thing that was ridiculous about that, she's standing in a rack of clothes. Did they not at one point hear like a hanger clanging or something? Like, did you not notice that anybody was hovering over your shoulder? Anna's actually facing the direction in which Alexis is standing and lurking. Like, you didn't see her? Was the tears in your eyes that much that you couldn't see who was standing and lurking in the background? That moment was ridiculous. But wasn't but what wasn't ridiculous about it was that Julia went running after her. But the really ridiculous part is that her daughter introduces her and she comes running First of all, if you're that devastated over somebody dumping you, you're not going to run across the stage of the benefit to get out of the the event. You're going to duck out the back door. No, Miss Thing runs across the stage. <laughs> Alexis runs across the stage and out with Julian running after her. I'm like, really, y'all? I can't. Well, th- this, was, this is what made it so weird to me because certainly this was started out as a – Friends with benefits as a way for Alexis to kind of throw something up in Julian's face that her and Finn were together. Right. Get, it, get off my back. I'm with Finn. Right. So, and they've even had many conversations where it's like, hey, I know you got something with Anna. Right. Are you sure? Like, they seem that they, they, they seem like they were good with being each other's, you know, beard, so to speak. Absolutely. And, I mean, so they fooled around a few times. But, so for her to have that reaction to this seems so odd to me. It wasn't odd because at the end of the day... Alexis is Alexis makes everything about how it affect how it affected her. Like when that all went down, not one if she was really his friend, she would have been like, "Oh, finally, he finally told her how he felt." And I think for a split second, she had that thought process, but then she was like, "Well, damn, he finally told her, but that leaves me out in the dust again." Mm. And then she started feeling sorry for herself. That's what she did. And I can't blame a sister for that. Like I felt, I felt bad for her. I did. So you would have just walked right out of this, you know, this event where sixty-five people are probably sitting. No, I w- no, because I'm a professional. So I, <laughs> I would have walked on stage, got my award, and then I would have left. But <laughs> you know, I wasn't gonna let my daughter get embarrassed like that. But that was crazy. I'm like, why is she? When she went running through the crowd, and I, and then, and whenever something like that happens, then here come Lucy Coe. With some shenanigans. I'm like, I can't. And wait, and that's the other thing. It cracks me up that she changes clothes, like, I don't know, five, six times throughout the evening. Like, there aren't that many acts for you to be changing clothes that often. She changes clothes for every introduction. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) Again, well, I mean. I'm like, really, Lucy? I'm willing to let one slide, that one slide, because it is just such a staple of the nurse's show, so I feel like, which is weird for me, to, who I, who criticizes so much about that, I will let that part of it slide. Uh, but I guess you just learned a little something about my feelings about that. But you know what, folks? If uh, you want to learn <laughs> and have fun and grow in all aspects of your life, the one thing that you can do is subscribe to a hot new podcast. That's Conversations with Marie Menounos Podcast Edition, created by none other than our very own AfterBuzz TV founder. Marie Menounos, that drops on iTunes every single Friday. Conversations with Marie Menounos features celebrity and influencer interviews, talks about all aspects of life, from health and wellness to career, finances, relationships, and much more. So let Marie be the big sister that you never had. All you have to do, just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Marie Menounos for free. And when you do, let her know that it was Carla from the GH report that got you there. <laughs> Conversations with Marie Menounos <laughs> podcast edition. Check it out. Wait, I just have to address something that somebody said in the chat room when I talked about, you know, the whole thing with her running out. Miss Bubble said, Carla, this is the same show that tried to freeze the world with an 80s toy gun. So, of course, <laughs> <laughs> Of course they wouldn't hear Alexis. I kind of loved her for saying that. I just had to put that cap on that storyline. So, so uh, <laughs> real quick, let's talk about in terms of the performances for the Nurses Ball. What okay. stood out for you? What was kind of like, eh? And was there anything that was a big strikeout for you in terms of performances? I love the performance that Joss and Oscar did because it was an original song written by a crew member at General Hospital. So that was kind of cool that somebody actually wrote an original song to uh, be performed on the nurses' ball, so I was like, okay, that was that was kind of cute. I kind of enjoyed that, and I kind of enjoyed that song because most of the songs they do are really corny. It's got some corny um, production aspect to it, and that was stripped down. It was very simple. It was just Oscar sitting on a stool with a guitar and Joss singing. But Joss was the only one in the whole nurses' ball that actually could sing. I was her and. Did Valent- Valentine perform this time too? Didn't he? Did. Played the piano and sang. Valentine and and Josh are like the only ones that can actually sing. But I was Whoa, actually shocked by Valentine singing. We got Ned Quartermain. I can't. 
I'm you're, not, not, you're not digging Wally Kurth and his golden pipes? Look, I am not Ned the Rocker. I'm like, to, on General Hospital right now, he's just kind of look. He, <laughs> when he was singing with Olivia, that song that he sang was tired. That was the tiredest song of the night, I thought. And he kind of came off as like, it would be like watching, <laughs> for lack of a better way to say this, it would be like watching Mick Jagger beyond way beyond his prime prime getting up doing a song with one of his ex-wives like bianca or something it just was like i can't it is i will say of the recent uh ned quartermain performances of the nurse's ball is probably my least favorite of his yeah i mean he can sing you're right he you're absolutely right he can sing but that performance just didn't do it for me i think probably my highlight for him is when he did that uh don't go break my heart with emma yeah, I thought that was probably that was that, that was that. that was a cute one. Yeah. but that one this one, this one mm, yeah. uh, agree. It's meh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so we also have the nurses. They have to come out and they have to. This time they both uh, start and close the show. My favorite person in that whole thing in that performance was Bobby because she could never <laughs> point to the right camera. <laughs> To save her life. It was always like everybody's pointing one way, and she'd be pointing, and then she'd slowly track over, like, oh yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. No, bless at. Bobby's heart. It's like it's like Bobby didn't hit one rehearsal. <laughs> she didn't know the lyrics. She didn't know the choreography. You're absolutely right. I was like, because I would be watching it, and then out of the corner of my eye, I would see some shenanigans happening. I'm like, who is that? And then I'd look, and it would always be Bobby. I'm like, oh. Jackie Zeman, I'm gonna need you to get get, get to a rehearsal, girl. There was a one shot at the uh, or that the, the closing song that they did, where right before she sings, uh, she has this look on her face, like almost feel like a real life Mike situation. Like, where am I? What's going on? What am I supposed to be doing here? She looks so terrified for a split second there. Uh, so yeah, the nurses' songs. Yeah. I thought I was. You know what I was disappointed about? They usually sing that song. Uh, the alone song that they usually sing every year at the end, and they didn't do that this time. I was like, "That Nurses Ball is supposed to be about raising money for AIDS and HIV, and that's a song that's synonymous with the Nurses Ball and has been for quite some time. I was really confused as to why they didn't do that this time. You know what song I'm talking yeah. about? I'm like, you are not alone. That whatever that song is. I was like, you're not alone anymore, that song. I'm like... What where's the I'm not alone anymore song? Like where where is that? And it usually starts with Epiphany and Robin usually sings it and Robin didn't even get on stage this time. We didn't see her. She was there. But we she was there, but she didn't even get on stage this time. I'm like, mm, I'm feeling some kind of way about that. I don't mm, I don't know how I felt about that. It is weird. Uh, if you're gonna bring her it was back weird. for that event, which uh she has been a, a large participant of Yes. Throughout the years, ex- excluding the time she's been gone off the show for mm-hmm. whatever reason, but they do uh, when they do bring her back, especially she usually gets up and is more active. And to have her come in and not really do much again, like why? If you're going to bring her back, have her do something that matters for the nurses. Right? Back. Is she pregnant in real life? Because she looked like she was a little preggers. I, uh, she did. She just recently had a, a baby. Okay, because I was like, she's looking a little preggers. Is she having a baby? Did she have a baby? And why is nobody addressing that? I'm like, it just. <laughs> It cracks me up when it's just like the scenario with Jordan coughing for like three weeks. Nobody addressed the fact that she was coughing. And then randomly one day she was like, oh, yeah, I got tested, had my lungs x-rayed. I'm like, well, thank goodness because you was (laughs) coughing and hacking. Nobody was saying anything. It's the same situation. Robin looked huge and nobody said anything like Ain't nobody gonna say nothing to her about Ooh, that. What? I mean, she, she been just, she, she been re- go, she been gone for a minute, and then she comes back and she got a little tummy. I'm like, ain't somebody gonna say something? Well, she had recently given birth to a child on General Hospital. On General Hospital, yep. Because remember, they, she had a baby, and then uh, yeah, so they've got a new uh, member of the uh, the court. Somebody should have been like, you ain't lost that baby weight yet. Oh man, which is that how you would treat just a a new mother? You'd be like throwing shade no, already about no, her body. I'm not throwing shade, but I'm like, oh girl. Oh, man. I love Robin. I love Kimberly that plays Robin. I love her. But I was like, uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. come on now. Uh, All right. Well, especially because, uh, and we'll get to this in a minute, my issues with Because I was confused. I was like, Uh, what's happening right here in this moment? As we wrap up our acts, I will throw shade at the other uh, one act, and feel free to come at me, people. <laughs> I'm one let act you know. that was pretty lame, and I was watching it, reading social media about this, and a lot of people were excited about this. 
that is their performance from uh, Curtis's Magic Act with an assist by Nina. Oh, that was tired. Oh, that was rough. That I mean, was tired with a big old capital T. And I feel bad people on social media were excited about this. And in terms of having those characters together, that's great. Uh, but saying like, oh my gosh, this was it was so magical. And I'd read those before I'd actually seen it. So I was like, ooh, this, they probably really knocked it out of the park then. And then I watched the actual performance where he does his little magic act, brings Jordan up, then proposes after he does a little spin around the box. And it's bad. Yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. It was. It, it was like Curtis himself had just come up, like backstage real quick, he had just like learned one magic trick off of YouTube and then came out and did it. <laughs> he felt awkward during this whole time. The whole thing was just staged really awkwardly. It was, it was, when I first saw that that's what was going to go down with, you know, with Nina being his assistant, I thought, oh, this could be, this could be interesting. And then it was kind of like, womp, womp, womp. I'm like, oh, what's happening? Yeah, I mean, because if you're going to, which is awesome. Hey, everybody's been wanting them together for the longest time. So we finally get this moment where he's going to propose and she's going to accept. If you're going to do this, really, you know, make it look awesome. Make like, Curtis do, come up like, as a do, star. Let, first of all, let him do at least one decent short magic trick that looked like it was magic other than the flowers and the handkerchief oh. situation. Oh, oh, I was man. like, with the with the flowers and the handkerchief situation, I was like, wow. That people were like, ooh. I'm like, oh, come on. Who has not seen these forever? I was like, I can't. I can't. Uh, and so he does this magic trick where he brings uh, Jordan in to be the person inside the, the box. And they spin it around, and she comes back out. And she goes, oh, well, I, now I'm just holding this coin. And then he does that really lame sleight of hand it was. with the coin. It was. It was tired. It oh. was. I agree with you on that. I, I, you know, I feel like um, I feel like, he, like I said before, he should have done a decent, like, impressive type of trick if you're going to do that. And I also felt like as the one black couple on the show, they just kind of slided them a little bit. They kind of just like, because whenever, whenever somebody else gets engaged on the show, it's like this big work up to it. It's this big reveal and it goes on for days and days and days. And with Curtis and Jordan, it's like, we're going to have them get engaged at the nurse's ball. And then we're going to have it do it in that lame, like, you know, uh-uh. yeah, I wanted it to be awesome. Let's let's have that be awesome. With I agree with you on awesome that one because that was like, what the hell? Oof, that <laughs> was rough. Uh, what I do like is uh, Aunt Stella. The whole time is like mm. <laughs> her reaction through all that. I, I love how they kept throwing the camera to her face, and her face was just like she looked like one of those people at a wedding that's just not having it. And at any moment when they say if there's any reason why these two should not be joined in holy matrimony, she looked like that one person that before the preacher even gets it out of his mouth, she's like, yes, me right here, over here, right now. <laughs> it was pure comedy that made me laugh. Oh, she's also be one of like, I'm going to need a minute. Because I got a lot to say right now about why they <laughs> why these two shouldn't be together. Uh-uh. Kelly in the chat room says she thinks that Curtis was nervous because Aunt Stella was there. Kelly, that is no excuse for that lame magic trick that he did. Come on now. Yeah, you know that's a that's a great subtext to put over the course of the scene. But <laughs> who cares? I mean, certainly yeah. had that emotional moment. But the biggest thing but is get like, on with it. These two characters should have a really awesome showcase for for this engagement. Absolutely, I I agree. Okay, but can can we just Okay, are we going we finished talking about the nurses while we're going to go on with some more stuff. Well, we have some stuff tied to it. Of okay, course. go ahead. Uh so the uh, the other thing that's playing around the I whole got time. Some, I got some. Uh we got our uh the, the whole search hunt for Heinrich Faison kind of culminates to a head on this. Yes. So we've got Robert's been abducted by Valentine, held in some, <laughs> you know, some prison somewhere. Uh but I I did like the big leap that it took where he's laying down, then he looks out through a window, then he just like passes out. <laughs> so I, you know, I guess we're just make the assumption that you know, somebody came in, he so uh, 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 you know knocked them out, and then he escaped, made his way back. Just cold cocks Valentine after he gets done singing his little love song there. <laughs> that was funny too. It's like he sang that beautiful song, and then he gets his face cracked off. I'm like, <laughs> wow. I was like, okay, that was pure comedy. That so was. This all finally comes to a head. The thing that we've been going on for the longest time. Uh, while that's all happening, we've got Sam, Jason, and Spinelli up in Peter August's office. They find the lighter. Oh, yes. I was so happy that she finally found... It's like, 
there was one day where they had her glossing over the lighter or one scene where they had her glossing over the lighter and she put some papers on top of it and then she went back and finally found it. I'm like, Miss Thing, that big old silver shiny object, how could you gloss over that? It was right un- <laughs> What the hell? I'm like, what is happening? Somebody said this online. I wasn't sure if it was somebody that watches our show or if it was somebody that's a GH fan in general. But they said something to the effect of they had stopped watching GH because they were be they were able to call what was going to happen on the show before the writers would write it, and I kind of sort of agree with them. It's getting to the point where it's becoming very predictable. Like there was a time where you would watch General Hospital, and those Friday cliffhangers were truly Friday cliffhangers. Yeah. And now it's like it's just a continuation of something that you know eventually is going to blow up and you already know how it's going to turn out. The thing that kind of drove me a little bit crazy is that Spinelli, uh, they make it seem like the big dramatic thing where uh, Anna has already set up a meeting for – we get to see these stupid emails being forwarded back and forth. Right. Anna finds out, oh, wait, Anna's really the one that's been you know, get, you know pretending to be my supposed mother. Right. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eliminate her tonight. So send her this message. But uh, when that's been like, it takes forever to uh, crack into uh, to, to find out where this location is. Right. And it's like, why don't you just check like the most recent email? But everybody that had that issue. Everybody oh. had that issue with trying to find out where Anna was that night. I'm like, okay, y'all are killing me. Yeah. Y'all are not the brightest crayon in the boxes, clearly. Because I was like, what is going on right now? I couldn't. I couldn't. I just, I literally, when that was happening, I'm like, I'm going to go make a cup of coffee. Because I just couldn't take it. <laughs> What is going on right now? Now, I thought, to jump back to my one thing with Robin, it's like, if you're going to bring her into this, and you don't really do much with her at the nurse's ball, I really thought that she was going to be more involved with the revelation of Heinrich, where that she was going to be there and see all this come out and be there for the nope. fallout to have those things happen. They literally happen. just had her there for the nurse's ball, like literally. And or, and or, which they have not revealed yet, and or have her be there so that Anna can sit down and tell her that Heinrich is her son. Like, I don't know how if they're going to let Robin stay for a couple of more episodes to let that roll out or not. I doubt it, but Well, because yeah. she walks off with Robert, so I had assumed that the two of them were going to track down Anna, and they were going to show up at the pier as this all came out. Nope. But all we find Didn't out happen. later on, it, it seems like, and correct me the chat room if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. it seemed that, that she gets a message from uh, Robin and Emma saying that they're already back home. Exactly. And I'm like, what? Well, why was she even here then? If she, This was like a really awesome moment that she should that's have been a part saying. of. That's what I'm saying. So she, they probably just brought her in for the nurse's ball, but that's a ball, that's literally a ball that was dropped by the writers because she's Anna's kid. That Emma's her granddaughter. Like, are you not going to let them know they got some more kin in, in Port Charles? Like, how is that going to play out? This is what I didn't like. What I really didn't like is when they show up on the pier and Anna finally does reveal that she is Heinrich's mother to him, he calls her a biatch. And I felt some kind of way about that. I'm like, really? He said he says to her, you're, you're not my mother. You're just the bee that, that gave birth to me. I'm like, oh, was that really necessary? You don't. Do you really have that kind of disdain for her, her already as Anna Devane, you know, part of the WSB? Like, I was like, that's a little harsh. I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's not necessarily given from Peter's point of view or Heinrich's point of view. This- Whatever point of view. He could, there was a different. First of all, I just don't like, I don't like the fact that the writers chose to use that language between a mother and a son. Like, that's what kind of pissed me off. And I'm not a mom, but I am a woman. And I just don't like, I don't like for somebody to call me that word. And maybe I'm super sensitive about it in that respect. But I just didn't like that. I didn't care for that. Well, I mean, but I think that might be a reflection where that is a hurtful thing to say to somebody that you already hurt by the situation from the life situation that you're in. You've been, from his point of view, dumped by this woman that didn't care about him. And you now supposedly meet this woman now, he's going to probably say, be as hurtful as possible. So while you don't really enjoy seeing it here in that no, word. No, I didn't. I feel like it's a representation of a hurtful act that that character would deliberately do to hurt I can I can understand your point, but I just feel like, I feel like there there could have been a different way. There could have been a different way to communicate that other than that. Because that was just. Like they call her a stinker? Anything but that, like you know, anything, anything, anything but that. I was just like, oh, that's just okay. And then, okay, so um, I want to talk about this moment too. So I want to talk about the fact that my favorite character ever, not Doctor Bench, 
tries to keep Kiki from going to the nurse's ball and then relents. And I wasn't quite sure in the moment why he relented, but then he relents and lets her go and then tries to like, and then he tried. And it was really interesting for me is that every time he tries something with her, Griffin is always there lurking. (laughs) Why is Griffin always lurking in the background? But he could like at the hospital, He's always lurking. And then at the nurse's ball, he was about to come in that room and close that door. Like, was he going to try to rape her? Like, what was he going to do to her at the nurse's ball in that dressing room? That was creepy. It was so weird because... Wasn't that crazy? We have that scene where he says, hey, I need you to pull all these files. Uh, And she's like, oh, well, all right. I was hoping to go to the nurse's ball, but I guess I won't. And he overhears that conversation that Kiki's having. uh, and And he's sitting around the corner, and he has this smile on his face. And then he comes out all magnanimously and says, all right, you know, I'm going to let you go. And that already seemed kind of skeevy as it was. Right. But then there's that weird scene where I don't know why all of a sudden she's in the back with, uh, oh, what's her name? Amy. And uh, so gives her her dress that she takes away. Like, she didn't perform, so why is she in the back backstage? I think because um, she didn't have a dress for the ball. So I think that, I think that um, didn't Amy give Kiki the dress to wear? Uh, well, she showed up with the dress because she walked the red carpet because she took a couple of poaches. So she... maybe, maybe Amy gave her the dress at the hospital or something. Maybe something, some exchange took place with the dress that we didn't see. You know maybe. what I mean? But that was so weird. So then he shows up like a skeever. I mean, he was I, the worst. He's the worst. This storyline, it was frustrating because I don't I mean, I get, they're definitely going the route where Dr. Bench is just a creepo now. We're just... <laughs> We, a creepo now? He's well, always been a creepo. From the first minute, from the first minute they even showed him looking at Kiki some kind of way. I called this a long remember? Yes. I called this a long time ago. I'm like, he is up to no good. It is not gonna it's not gonna turn out well. And I'm I'm what I really don't wanna see happen is her become some kind of victim in some kind of way. I don't wanna see that happen to her. As a character on the show, I'd really like for her to assert herself, you know, with the whole Me Too uh, Time's Up thing. Mm-hmm. I would really like for her to assert herself and not go down or go out like that. But the way they're writing it is making it look impossible for that to happen because it just has her freaking out and crying. Like She cried on Michael's shoulder. And Michael's like, well, I'm on the board. I'm going to tell. And I'm like... Why you go tell Michael? Why you go put? Why you go throw your friend under the bus like that? That's not okay. I just, I part of me was hoping that this story, it, it, it certainly could be just a straight up Me Too story, or something where it is just a really examination of the social dynamics, especially at the workplace, where there could be signals, uh, mixed signals picked up on both sides, where he can certainly overstep his bounds, but maybe he misread something. He's not a complete. He's not an awful guy. I think and he's an awful guy, but. I, that that ship has sailed, and seeing what he's done, especially with the nurses' ball, it's like, well, this is just going to become where he's just a creepo, and we're just going to have to wait for Kiki to stand up. Are we going to? Is it going to be set up where people aren't going to believe her at first? I, I feel you know, like- I watched General Hospital with my mom, and I asked my mother as a registered nurse, and I asked my mother, I'm like, when you were a nurse in a hospital, did any doctors ever try to hit on you like that? And my mom was like. They did, but I wasn't aware. Like, I didn't get it. <laughs> my mother's like, I didn't get it. And the other nurses would have to say, you know, Dr. So-and-so is trying to hit on you. My mom said, she was like, really? And so she, my mother seems to think that because she was so clueless about the situation, nothing ever escalated. Because the only way something like that can escalate, in my mom's opinion, is if you give that person any kind of attention or you make them think that that you're noticing what they're saying to you or flirting with you. And my mom said, she was like, huh, what was going on? I don't understand. And because she gave it no credence, they just kind of left her alone and started messing with somebody else. Yeah. Cause they thought she was clueless, which she kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you because I am not a woman. So, uh, <laughs> though I play one on TV. No, not really. Wow. But, uh, and given, there. <laughs> given this, this time of me too, uh, mm. And certainly with the media attention that has been gotten, not just in Hollywood, but it's permeating other uh, professions as well, mm. that should Kiki feel so reluctant to come forward at given where we're at now in society? Or is it still, if it's one thing, if it's happening to you no matter what, even if the general consensus in society is that we will pay more credence to somebody coming forward with these claims, that you'd still be afraid. You have to be strategic in how you come forward because there's still the stigma attached to it that you did something to make whatever happened go down. So in the world of the Me Too movement and Time's Up, you might want to 
contact somebody anonymously at first at the organization to see if they could, you know, stand behind you, if you have concrete evidence, because that's the thing. If you don't have any evidence and it's just you saying somebody did something and there's no evidence to prove that they actually did that, then it's like, you know what I mean? And that's what the problem has been thus far. Um, But I think that it is a little different, but not that much different. It's going to take a really long time for us to get to that point where a woman doesn't feel like, oh, should I say something? Should I not? Because there's still a lot of women out there that are like that. I'm one of them. You know, there's been some situations that have happened with me where I feel like, you know, should I say something now? Because, you know, because now maybe I'd have some backup or do I really want that kind of shine in my life? Do you you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it just kind of depends on where you at and where you are in your life. And if that person is still out there with shenanigans, if the person that um, made advances or did whatever they did to you has moved on with their life and seems to be making amends for what they did seemingly. I don't know. I mean, somebody, but in my opinion, somebody that's like that, they're all, it's always kind of bubbling under the surface. I just don't know. I really don't. I don't, I don't know. Well, certainly, uh, I thought Dr. Bench is going to be more the former of what you're talking about, but it's definitely the latter, where it's just bubbling under, and now it's fully just starting popping out here at the nurse's ball, where it's just like, all right, ski I was so not having him, and then Ugh. Griffin had to save her yet again. Speaking of Griffin, let me, let me, just, let me just pop on Ava one good moment. Lay down. Because Ava is wearing me out. I'm like, Miss Thing. Dude has not even he can't say I love you because he don't love you. Why are you all why are you all twisted up? Why are your panties all in a bunch over this one man and he's younger than you? Like what is your problem? If he don't want you, go deal with somebody that that does want you. Why is she banging at his door and begging him to see her, coming to the door with no clothes on and a trench coat and all these shenanigans? It's just too much. And I hate that they have turned once again, they have taken a very strong female character on that show and punked them out and made them just pitiful. She was really strong. She was very formidable. And now she kind of weaves in and out of that place. It's just so annoying to me. Well, I hate to see her groveling to somebody that doesn't want her. And I would agree because she has that moment on the nurse's ball for as much fun as I'll make of the whole situation within the context of the nurse's ball, her switching her song and the performance and all right. that. But it, it was a call where I thought it's like, all right, Ava's just like, Screw it, guys. Nobody's judging me. I don't care. I'm just going to do my own thing. And if you don't right. like it, you know, pound sand. Right. And so to have her so so immediately have that blow up with Griffin and say, you know, you know, hit, hit the brakes, Griffin. I'm out of here. Yeah, you don't deserve me. To leave. And it's within the span of like five minutes. Exactly. She's back. And she comes, that's what I'm saying. Five minutes. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> so, uh, but Griffin uses that time to get down to the ballroom. And at first we see a scene between, as you mentioned earlier, Kiki and Michael. And Mm -hmm. there have been some kind of, you know, maybe some hints that maybe there might be a re-sparking of that relationship. And it's never really paid off at all. So what we get this time instead is that both people, both Griffin and Kiki get drunk. They head up, they're back in uh, Griffin's bedroom, and then they just get it on. I knew that was happening when they were in that room with that bottle of champagne. And he goes, I've never drunk champagne out of a bottle before. I'm like, "Mm, you're going to be drinking a whole lot more than champagne before this night is over. Oh, yes. So... They get it on, and I don't tell me I don't know how necessarily thrilled I am about like the reversal of the Kiki and Ava dynamic, where now it's you know the positions are reversed. You know, I'm I don't know. I feel like this has been this is another storyline that's been revving up for a minute because every time she would catch him with Kiki, she would accuse them of having something. Now they actually have done something. So now it's, it's only going to be a matter of time before that comes out. And it's going to be really interesting to see how she reacts to that. Because before she would just overreact and she would be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But now there's nothing to overreact about because it actually happened. Yeah. So now what? He certainly, he is lost, given the way that he acquiesces to Kiki's text and decides not to say anything to Ava at that moment. Kind of loses the, the moral high ground. I love the fact that she sent that test. She was like, don't tell her. She was like, don't say anything. I was but, like, yes, Kiki. But I also feel like Griffin could have said like, you know, hey, uh, we're not going to get back together. I don't hate you. I do forgive you for whatever you said, even though you, that, that apology was unnecessary from her. I think he tried to. I think he was trying to. I think he was trying to 
not get back together with him, and she just wouldn't give him any space to do it. Like, she just wouldn't... She was, for lack of a better way to say this, she was like a black widow spider. She just would not let him go. It's like once she had her tentacles in him, she just wouldn't wouldn't come off of him. And I'm like, that's just so desperate and so wrong. And I, I hate that they've made her like that. Yeah. So we'll see. Is this now going to be where Kiki and Griffin have to fight their feelings for each other? Or would you just throw it off as just a, a one-time romp? Of course not. It's in her house, but it's going to blow back in the faces eventually. I I think it was a one-time romp, but I think it probably could escalate some more. And this is probably the beginning of an exodus for the character of Ava. Because there's no way she's going to stay in poor Charles and watch her ex-boyfriend and her daughter have a relationship. That is not going to happen. That It seems too weird. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, speaking of weird relationships, why don't we dive deep into the nail situation? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't with her. So I think, I think that um, when Jason pulled Michael to the side and said, I don't think your mom is crazy. I think Nell has been playing her just like she's been saying, and you need to watch her back. It was really interesting because he looked like he was kind of listening to Jason, but not really. But then when he went back in that room to talk to Nell, he was like, yeah, I'm going to be working from home from now on. I'm just going to be a, be able to keep a little closer eye on you. I'm like, oh, okay. So he believes Jason and his mom, and he's trying to figure it out. But now I'm trying to figure out what he's going to do. Because he let, after he saw his mom in the interrogation room, he was like, I love you, mom. And it was kind of cryptic how he said it. So I'm like, I wonder what he's going to do. I feel like he, I feel like he trusts Jason pretty much more than anybody else in the world. Yep, absolutely. And so if Jason comes in and tells him that, he's definitely going to take that to heart. Absolutely. So I feel like you're right. When he goes in there, he's like, "All right, I am just going to stick close to Nell, be sympathetic towards her, and just wait for her to tip her hand too far that I can nail her on what she's done." Absolutely. And I, I feel like, <laughs> and then there was that moment with with Brad. <laughs> That was so ridiculous. There was that moment with Brad where she was like, where she says, he says, oh, he said, I just can't believe Carly would do something like this to you. And she gets all defensive about it. And she's all like, well, what, what do you mean? Are you saying that I throw myself down the stairs? And he looks at her like, ain't nobody saying that. But <laughs> that made me laugh out loud. He looked at her like, ain't nobody saying that. But why are you saying that? Yeah. <laughs> with one eye open. Wink. <laughs> It was pure comedy. That's that whole scenario of her in that hospital actually has been very comical to me because she eventually is just going to throw herself under the bus, which brings me back to Ava because Ava's the one that snatched the blanket, right? Yep. So we're waiting for that. That, that. As Carly plays back that whole situation, it's only a matter of time before she realizes the only other person that went up those stairs while I was there was was Ava. Ava. And so now it's going to be it's going to be up to Jason and Spinelli to figure out where Ava is stashed. Which, if you're smart, Ava, you have just burned but, that. Right, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yes. Like, if you if you're supposed to be so smart, why don't you burn the blanket? Why are you lurking around with the blanket hid somewhere for somebody to find it? Like, that's just dumb beyond. <laughs> but, but we need some way for Carly to get oh, acquitted on this. Can't her. So now it's set up with Carly where she's going to court on this and. Uh, Diana's basically laid it out. It's like, you could plead not guilty, but given that you're, uh, the last name's Corinthos, you're the wife of a uh, alleged mobster. And uh, you've been in the loony bin before. Yeah, that uh, you could face serious jail time, or you could plead uh, not, you know, not uh, of your full faculties due to temporary insanity. And Carly's like, no. Yes. Uh, given that situation, if you were in Carly's shoes, what would you do? I don't know, because that's, that's a hard call. Like, once... Once somebody declares you crazy, it's like they can't go back in court and say, oh, psych, we didn't mean that. We take it back. (laughs) That's not going to happen. They can retract the charges against her, I think, if it's proven that she is um, not guilty. They can retract the the, uh, charges, excuse me, and expunge her record. They can do that, but they can't. If they put her in the loony bin, they can't come back and go, yeah, sorry, (laughs) we didn't mean that, psych. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure how that's gonna play out, but I know one thing: Carly gonna Carly gonna whoop somebody's behind. Somebody about to get a, a real old school butt whooping behind this. I I am hoping that she does go the route of pleading not guilty, so we have a chance to lead up to a trial for this, and that gives Jason and Spinelli enough time to to figure what this stuff is, stuff is. I want to see Carly starting to fight back. I feel like Carly. I f- feel like Carly's so caught up in her feelings over the fact that Sonny is siding with everybody but her 
that she can't think clearly. I, I, I think that her her rationale has gone out the window because all she sees in this situation is that Sonny doesn't agree with her. That's all she sees. And she's just really upset about it. And I think that that's clouding her judgment a little bit. Don't you? Yeah. Uh, and so uh, real quick, the last storyline is the uh, the reveal of Heinrich uh, ties in also with the birth of Maxie's baby. Yes. I was so happy to not see Maxie angry. Oh, my goodness. It's been months and months and months of her being angry over Nathan being dead. And I'm just like, Miss Thing, come on. You can do better. I, the, whole way they, the whole way that they played out her having the baby on the side of the road. and Like, I thought it was pure. Now, I will give the writers props on this. It was pure genius to have him be the one to help deliver her baby. Because that's going to be a certain amount of uh, emotional attachment. So I thought to him in regards to that. But... Then there was that scene that she had with Lulu where she pretty much forgave Lulu and then said, yeah. And Lulu's like, I can, I'll, I'll help you with the baby, do anything. <laughs> and, she, and Maxie's like, yeah, you can help me take Peter August down. <laughs> and Lulu has that look on her face like, well, anything but that. And then I love this moment, too. I love this moment where, um, where, <laughs> where Dante went in on Heinrich and he was like, Oh yeah, you had my wife walking around here thinking she was gonna be a puller surprise when they got her. I was like, Yes, yeah. Dante, finally somebody said it. Cause I was like, what is happening right now? That oh, the, the, the that moment was for that comedy. <laughs> the whole thing was when we have the shout out Lulu at her home. She's crying, so the makeup's running down her face and she's typing away on her keyboard. Like, what is this? This was so ridiculous. It was pure comedy i was like i but i i was glad that lulu i'm, I'm glad that that maxie having her baby gave maxie um some clear-headedness to realize after they told her about heinrich that and after everybody explained everything to her that heinrich was the reason that nathan died it wasn't lulu like what she did didn't help the situation but she's not the reason that he was dead and i think that that was good to resolve that issue but between I also the felt two of them. It helped that what Maxie also wanted was Lulu to accept her part in it. And I feel like at least when she talked to Maxie there, she did say like, yep, I... She yeah. did say I was sorry because yeah. Maxie before was upset about the fact that you never once said you were sorry. You were like, I didn't mean for this to happen. I, 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 I. But mm-hmm. you never said I'm sorry. And even in that moment, she still didn't say she was sorry. But this time when she went to the hospital room, she was like, I am so sorry. I didn't know. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. Uh, and we do name the baby uh, James Malcolm uh West. West. So there you go. Which way? And a shout out. Mac finally gets a name Mac with one of those babies. Props. Hey. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you know, as much as I love Mac, I, the, the more every, the more times they bring him back, he keeps getting dumber and dumber and dumber. <laughs> I know for somebody who used to be the the, uh, <laughs> the police commissioner. The police commissioner. Everybody, oh. everybody in Port Charles at one point in time was Anna was the police commissioner at one point. Mac was the police commissioner at one point. Somebody else too. I can't remember who. Jo- well, Jordan has well, been. Jordan uh, is Scorpio, now. Robert, Robert Scorpio. Robert was. Scorpio. It just cracks me up how there's all these, all these people Always. that were the police commissioner, and everybody's running around with a chicken with the head cut off. That's funny to me. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> as we wrap up, uh, a couple uh, quick bits of news here in terms of casting announcements. After Buzz TV news. Uh, we, of course, we talked a little bit about Carly's trial. It's going to be heating up in the next weeks to come here, but we're getting the introduction of one new character. Uh, that's going to be played by Elizabeth Hendrickson. She'll be playing the role of Margot, poor Charles' new assistant, uh, dis, excuse me, assistant, assistant DA, DA. <laughs> uh, who's going to have some sort of a relationship with Drew, a little secret history that mm. will be revealed in the time to come. Mm. Yes. And uh, also because we talked about uh, the birth of James Malcolm West, that means Kathleen Gotti, uh, you know, uh, Obrecht will be making her appearance again to see her new I grandson. I love her. I love her so much. I wanted to see her in the nurse's ball. I used to love when she would do the nurse's oh, ball. Boy. She would wear it out every year. Oh, I love her so much. I'm sure she'll be I'd singing. love to have her come here. Oh, my God. I love her. Well, she has come here before. My close personal friend, Kathleen Gotti. I love her. <laughs> I need for her to come back. Uh, speaking of, and, and also in uh, the latest news here for the GH Report, I look throughout our studio. I do not see Maurice Bernard. You know what? Whatever. He'll, he'll be here. Okay. I'm working, right. on, I'm working on it. Just oh, you know who we, we forgot to talk about? We forgot to talk about Nina went completely off on Valentine. Yeah. Well, that's a great segue into some rapid fire predictions. Yes. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Hey, now, hey, now. I, well, Nina won't be going out the country with Valentine, that's for sure. 
Do you think that they are donezo forever? No. I don't think they're done so far. I think she, I think Nina's more hurt over the fact that he didn't trust her enough to tell her the truth. And that's not the first time that he's done it. So he's got some major, you know, backpedaling to do as far as that's concerned. I don't think, I don't think they're over. But yeah, but it's like, how many times can you be involved with a guy that's repeatedly lied to you and it's blown up in your face and it's too many times to count? I know. The only thing that would stop her from going back to him is the fact that she couldn't get over the fact that as a result of his lying this particular time, her brother's life was taken. It was her brother. And they were pretty close. So that would be the only thing that would stop her from getting back together with him. But But the only thing that's too is that Claudette is still out there. Claudette is still alive. That is still another thing that needs to be dropped, and when that comes, like that's that's three strikes against Valentine. I think I think I stuff. think that they'll wait until that happens for that to go down. I think that I, it's going to be really interesting to see how Lulu goes about helping Maxie yeah. th- through that request. It's going to be really interesting to see how Anna ends up trying to have some type of relationship with Heinrich and how the rest of poor Charles is going to react to that, particularly Maxie, because Anna was really there for Maxie when Nathan got killed. So it's, it's a lot of stuff that's lurking out in the shadows that we get to see. And we will be shining a light on those <laughs> in the, uh, the days and weeks to come. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the, the GH Report, but you know, we'll be back next week with another new episode. But in the meantime, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Channel, excuse me, I'm learning how to speak words. China. Channel, <laughs> and thanks everybody for hopping in the chat. I know Carla really uh, enjoyed you guys. You know, giving me the the go the once over. Please feel free to do that as much as you'd like. Yes. But if you want to stay in touch with either of us after the show, Carla, where can they find you? They can find me across all social media platforms at the Curvy Critic. And just a quick shout out to Michael B, Miss Yaki, Rena Sheen, Kelly, and Andrew. Um, Chelsea Brown, uh, um, and if I missed anybody, my bad, uh, Miss Bubbles. Thank y'all, thank y'all, thank y'all for tuning in and chatting with us and, and, and supporting us over here at the GH Report. We love you. Absolutely. We couldn't do the show without your valuable contributions. Uh, and folks, if you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, I mean, why would you? I don't know. I mean, Carla refuses to. Uh, <laughs> but you can do so at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, that does it for this episode of the GH Report. We'll be back here another, next Sunday night with another new episode right here on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 